Welcome to the Just Love Podcast, hosted by Wipe Every Tear. We hope this podcast inspires you to just love and to love justly. Hey guys, and welcome to the Just Love Podcast today. My name is Elizabeth Friend, and I'm here with our founder and director of Wipe Every Tear, Kenny Sacked. Welcome, Kenny. Hi, Elizabeth. So good to be with you. I am so excited to be able to just be here and share with you and let everyone know just your heart and get to hear from you and what what Wipe Every Tear is all about. So we're mostly going to be hearing from Kenny today, and I'm excited to just chat with you. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. God is good. Yeah. So Kenny, we'll just start off. What's Just Love? Like, where did that name come from? How did how did that come about? Yeah, just love. And we say, and love justly. I was on the floor in my office one day, just being with the Lord and just worshiping and praying and just being with Jesus. And all of a sudden, I just had a, a he just showed me a vision of uh, a T-shirt. <laughs> and the T-shirt says, said, just love on it. And we had been we had been doing that really really intentionally loving our girls and just loving them. But but after that day and when we did that, we really began to really accent that that we would just love our girls. And then in the vision, God turned around. And he says, "And I want you to love justly." So of course that's with all of heaven and with all of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, to simply love these girls. And then He said this. I, I want you to just love them and do what I asked you to do. And then he says, like, parenthetically, he says, and I will do the rest. Or actually he says, and I will do what I love to do. That was his, his exact words. And I will do what I love to do. And in that, I knew that what he was talking about. And he says, I'll do the salvation part. I'll do the God to man relationship thing. You just love them with me in you. And everything will work out just fine. So that's in a very short nutshell. That's who we are, what we are, and how we came up with that. Yeah, I think that's powerful because it it really is taking it all out of our hands and putting it in the Father's and just just loving. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, we all uh, academically, theologically, uh, if you're seminary trained or, or whatever you're trained, whatever training is, we all say that it is God who does the regeneration. God is the one who makes man to God happen. But yet we tend to put a lot of our flavor on it. A lot of our, it, it's up to us. It's up to our presentation. It's up to how we do it. And God really spoke to us when he spoke to me. I mean, he, I mean, he had been doing that for quite some time. But that day when he said just those two words, just love, and he showed it to me on a t-shirt. And of course, we put it on our t-shirts, and that's the one that everyone just loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but when we intentionally went, okay, it is God who does the work. So if the following is true, that if I were to say, I, I will say this to some people, I'll say, fill in the blank. God is love. Yeah, we see that in First John. God is love. He is, that's who he is. That's his name. That's his essence. That's who God is. He is the God of love. We all acknowledge that intellectually. And then if we say that that God lives in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, as the scripture says, he, he indwells us. He comes in and makes residence here. We intellectually say that as well, or we theologically say those two. So we put those two together. If God is God, 
And if God lives in us, and surely he does, and surely he is, then if then when I walk into a room, or I say, when I walk into a bar, everything changes because Jesus just entered the room. And some people could look at it and go, oh, you're, you're saying that you're God. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm saying theologically what we all believe to be true is that he resides. You know, Elizabeth, he resides inside of you. Hmm. So when you walk somewhere, the atmosphere changes. And when we begin to understand that, like we do now, everything changed. Hmm. Everything changed. And that was combined with a lot of other things that God was speaking to us back in the day. Prior to that, he had told us that we were to walk into bars and we were to celebrate. And we were, and I had a vision and, and he showed it and he, we were, we were clapping and yelling. We walked in and just like so happy. These girls were in the bar and he showed me going and high-fiving these girls. And he said, if anyone has a reason to celebrate, it is you, Kenny. Mm. And so we began to go into the bars and celebrate. And uh, now it's hard to do that. You see all these trafficked women. Mm-hmm. Up to 400, 500 in some of those big bars. That's heartbreaking. But he said, go in there and celebrate. And in the vision, Elizabeth, I walked in this and it had a big curtain. You know, they had this big thick curtain to keep the air conditioning in, keep the heat out uh, outside. And I, I flipped it open like, da-da-da-da, in the vision. And I went, woo-woo-woo-woo. And so we, this is, and we, we went into this one bar. And I had, these, I had these girls from Adventures and Missions. I remember it very well. And we, and we walked in and he showed it. They were, they were all dressed up like, like they were like going to a party. Well, and he said, you have reason to party. Yeah. You have reason to celebrate. So go in there and celebrate and just love them. And in the vision, I walked in and I went, da, 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 da. and the girls get excited when you walk in because they go, this is a potential customer. Now they're not just all sexual saying, oh, this is a sexual escapade. They're saying, no, this, this could be a customer so I can feed my children, mm. so I can feed my family. And so then they fake it. They, they fake it. And they go, ooh, they clap, and they try to get your attention. And in the vision, God, it was a small bar, and off to the left side was this little stage, just about three feet high. And he showed me the vision. I went over, and I started high-fiving them. And in the vision, he says, first of all, he says, look at them. Look at them very clearly. That's kind of hard to do because they're scantily dressed. He goes, no, no, I want you to look at them. And he said this, when when those blue eyes of yours, he said, when those Norwegian blue eyes of yours look at them, just know that I am looking at them. And in the vision, he said, he showed me that I was going and I was high-fiving these girls. And and, and, and and, and he said, when you touch them, I will touch them. Mm. That's how this whole thing, you know, I mean, that's how it's progressed. Just love. Go in there, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you and I walk into a bar, everything changes. Guess what? When I walk into Walmart, I appropriate. God said, I want you to appropriate me. I want you to like make it happen. I could go in there and be mean and be, you know, and be mad that I'm in a line or like, yeah, she didn't treat me very well. He just said, make things different. Yeah. Appropriate me. And the atmosphere will change. See, heaven changes the whole atmosphere. Whew, man, I get excited about this stuff. Yeah, I think that just the whole concept of going into bars and being Jesus in the bars is really what sets Wipe Every Tear apart from other organizations in a lot of ways, because it's not going in and preaching. It's not going in and telling the girls, like, you need Jesus because X, Y, Z. It's really just going in and loving them and letting Jesus do the rest. 
but without trying to do the whole the whole hand him a track and hand him a Bible and get him to say the prayer thing off the bat. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like, obviously Jesus is the basis of everything we do. Like our, our approach is to just love and to not push Jesus onto them. And so how does it, how do we still maintain the Jesus basis behind all of it? You know, it, it, when people hear that, they go, oh, they're just one of those groups that they just love people and they're just going to, uh, no, it's, it's, we're going to just love. Well, what is, who is love? God is love. So we're going to just God. We're going to just Holy Spirit. We're going to just Jesus. And so anybody listening to this, I want them to know that it is everything about Jesus. And so he, in fact, a number of years ago, he said, I don't want you to know. Those of you who are listening, don't tune out. <laughs> he said, I don't want you to even mention my name in the bars. I, God, I mean, I'm, I'm a Jesus guy. What do you mean I can't mention you? And he said, just love them and let, and let me do it. Mm-hmm. Let me do it through you. He, and he said, they, they've heard about me. Now they need to see me and feel me. And then parenthetically, he said like this here, that's really hard. You have to be living and walking and breathing with me. My heart has to be sinking with your heart. Now, there's a shift happening right now as we speak. And God is releasing us. God is now saying, you know what? I want you to go in and, and, and it's all about our girls. And I know you said you want to talk about our girls and what's happening with them. And this is in the context of our girls. And he recently has told us the past year that it's going to look a little bit differently. We will continue to just love and love justly, but his name will now be heard in the bar. Not every time. We just don't want to be a bunch of religious Bible thumpers. Yeah. Oh, here come the religious folks. No, I want to say those are the Jesus people. Mm-hmm. Wow. We love those Jesus people. And you know how it is, Elizabeth, there's many of the bar owners and, and the managers, they love us. They like us in their bars, which is ironic. How in the world do they like us when we're taking their girls out of the bars and they're losing income? Yeah, that's wild. It is wild. It makes no sense. So it makes all kingdom sense. And so right now that shift is happening and I can, and I've had, oh, I've had a vision of our girls, our girls that used to be trafficked walking into these bars and having had dreams the night before, two nights, a week before, a month before, and they go into that bar and there is the girl that she had in the dream. Yeah. And she starts talking to that girl and then she starts ministering in the in amazing power and love, the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is happening right now. That shift is happening. Yeah. So you keep you keep talking about this shift that's happening, these big things that are happening. And you've been having visions about that for years. And it, we're seeing the fruition of that. Can you just talk into like yeah. what was the vision and how does how is that coming into fruition now? Yeah. During that same season that God was telling me actually showed me two t-shirts. One said just love and the other the other t-shirt I was on my knees on on my face on the floor. Other t-shirt said mercy wins. Whew, think about that. It it always wins. Mercy and grace always wins. Mm-hmm. And that's how we are with our girls. And during that same season I had a vision where I saw our girls being leaders. I saw our Filipina girls leading revival in the Philippines. I saw it. I saw them going to the islands. 
I saw them going island to island. And in this vision, it was so powerful and it was so real. It was like a dream. You know, my dreams and visions, they're just about, that's why I guess they're used synonymously in the scripture, dreams and visions. Because it was, it's so, it's so real. It's so picturesque. And so the girls were going to the islands and they were leading. In fact, God told me it was, he had, he put a name on it. He said, this is the third world race. I have our good buddies, our good friends at Adventures and Missions. They do the world race. And then so I gave it to them and they said, no, that, I think that's for you. Third world race. Third world, I mean, the developing world race, world race. And you're going to do, we're going to take teams and we're going to go out week by week, month by month. And the ironic thing, not for us really, but for people looking at this from the outside is that our girls were the leaders. It wasn't a Western girl. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a Western girl that was leading a bunch of Filipinos, Filipina in this case, girls. It was made up mostly of girls, by the way, this, uh, and there were, there were, in the vision, there were two white girls and there were all these Filipina, beautiful brown skinned girls. And in this vision, it was a thing to bring awareness to human trafficking. And our girls were, I saw it so clear. They were saying, they had this literature and they said, we were trafficked. We were trafficked in the bars into this Angeles city, this, this town, this city where it's, this, you know, the, the sex tourism destination spot. And our girls began talking to these people and they were listening, kind of listening in this little village. And one of our girls, because of her DNA, the DNA of Jesus in us, remember I said, everything's about Jesus. Everything is Holy Spirit. Everything is Abba. She looked to her left and here's this older man and he's crippled and he's barely walking. She slips away. She goes, pray for him in the vision. He gets healed immediately. Bam. And the whole crowd looked and they went, He's walking. Look at him. He's been hunched over and crippled. He had a cane and he was barely walking. And everything changed. The whole village believed in the message hmm. that our, we cannot send our girls to this city. It's, it's trafficking. It's hmm. a trick. And in the midst of this, these girls were church planners. And they, they established the church in this little, it's called a barangay. It's the smallest unit of government, this little area. And some of the girls moved on after they, they were there for a few days and others stayed behind to disciple. It, 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 the vision was like the book of Acts mm -hmm. going barangay to barangay, village to village, island to island. All that to say, I mean, that's, that was the vision I had that was so clear. And it's so clear to me to this day, Elizabeth. And revival right now, and I do not use that word lightly. In fact, I call it the R word. I don't really like to use the term without people knowing what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a historical, God-breathed, Holy Spirit-infused, Jesus all over it, a renewing, awakening, a revival. During 90 days of lockdown, complete lockdown in Manila, our girls were locked up. They could not leave their house according to the government rules and laws and regulations. Holy Spirit crashed through the ceiling and touched our girls and we are seeing revival. Their hearts are being changed. They are loving one another. They are worshiping twice a day formally in the morning for two plus hours, in the evening for two plus hours. I'm told it goes three and four hours a day. We get reports because we can't be there. Our staff could not go into those homes. That's how bad the lockdown mm -hmm. was. That's how strict it was. Heaven is coming in the room. 
changing our girls. And guess what? They are now writing me and they're saying publicly, God is calling me to be a missionary. God spoke to me in a dream last night. I'm going to be a missionary. And they are now preparing for an initial mission trip, call it, where they're going to go. And it's going to be next, like March, April, something like that. Maybe, maybe June. Uh, we don't know exactly when. And it's going to happen. The first initiation of that, mm -hmm. the first manifestation of that is going to take place. And these girls are on fire. And they're broken. You know, in historical revival, in real revival, men and women's hearts are changed and they start to break for people. And, and their tears flow because they're broken for their people to come to know Jesus. And that's what's happening. And there are some stories happening right now that are just amazing. These girls are getting dreams and vision, just like in Joel 2. And we are on the brink of revival. I mean, it's happening, but the brink on the manifestation of it outside of the houses. And I believe that this is going to be part of the billion plus soul harvest that we all hear about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm really excited about this too, because like I see it and we, we get these updates regularly where the staff is sending messages saying, at the moment, right now, the girls are worshiping and right now the girls are praying for each other. Like, a couple times a day, uh, some days, and knowing that they're going to be the ones that are about to go out into the provinces and into the barangays, I have done the World Race, the, the program that Kenny's referenced a couple times, and have seen just the power of locals being able to minister to locals and not having to cross the cultural barriers or the, the language barriers or anything like that, and just knowing that they they know their people and they know how to hit the hearts of their people best. So it's exciting. It's exciting to hear about these girls being like genuinely motivated to do it because they're they're giving up their finances, their funds, they're already like saving up the allowances that they get and the money they're getting from Tayo and all that kind of stuff in order to be able to go to their people. And it's really cool. Yes, they now have accounts. In fact, we give the girls an allowance. Also, they make money in Tayo, our jewelry, uh, our nice jewelry line. And they are giving significant, significant amounts of money into an account to save. It's incredible. In fact, you know what? This is not, this is not a uh, fundraising plea or anything like this here. But if maybe someone's listening and goes, I'd want to, I want to support one of those girls. Our office, our church, maybe we want to support these girls. Man, what if we supported them on their missionary journey to their own people? It's going to be signs and wonders. I saw it in the vision. I saw it. And you know the stories of our girls being healed of certain diseases and certain things. Their hearts are being healed. We know that we've seen uh, blind people begin to see. We've seen, we've seen crippled, <laughs> crippled people. <laughs> I get, I get so joyful. I'm so joyful when you see a crippled person go, oh, what's happening? What's happening in their language, you know, in Tagalog and they're being healed. Yeah. That's going to happen. I, I saw it. And you know what? It's so amazing that God would show us visions and dreams. And for the Filipinos that are listening, this is a little premature, but I, I saw it in the vision that there were Filipinos that, from, from the city. I saw it from well-to-do families, from middle and upper class income families, and they were going on this third world race. We think initially it's going to be like a 30 day thing, but I think then it's, if I understand it correctly, like I saw in the vision, it was going to expand to 30, 60, 90 days, and then even longer, but we'll start out slow. Uh, we'll start out short anyway. But I, but I saw Filipinos 
from the inner city, from very nice, you know, well-to-do families. And I saw them being discipled by our girls, formerly trafficked, came from extreme poverty. Hmm. We found them in the bars. They had a radical encounter with Jesus. And he's touching them right now as we speak. Yeah. It's good stuff. Revival, that's a good thing. Yeah. We need it. We definitely need it. Kenny, it's been great hearing from you. And it's good to just just hear your vision and hear what's running wipe every tear. I mean, outside of Jesus, obviously, but like these visions that, that Jesus is giving you and just the basis for how they founded so much of what we believe and how we operate. So it's been real good. Do you have any any parting thoughts for us? Oh, gosh. Thank you, Elizabeth. Like I said, it's really good to share what God is doing right now. You know, I love stories of yesterday. I love stories of the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s, which I came out of. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, Radical Encounter. And those are very good. But it's really fresh and nice and good to hear what he's doing right now. Yeah. You know, not just going to like hang on to those stories because there's nothing else to talk about. You know, God's continuing to do stuff. And right now there is, with this COVID thing, with this coronavirus, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever ever thought that without our staff being able to go into the houses, I mean, who's going to disciple them? (laughs) Who's going to instruct them? Who's going to lead worship? Guess what? Holy Spirit is going to, the scripture says it again. Yet we intellectually say it, we theologically say it, it says the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Holy Spirit is teaching our girls right now intimate things about the kingdom. With and it, was, and it was happening without us even being there. Around the world, as I have seen people locked down, some, pl- some places church is not allowed to meet, different parts of our nation and around the world, you can't get in groups. Hmm. And yet heaven is not behind a fence. It's not fenced out. In fact, recently the Lord was speaking to me and he just said these words. He goes, I didn't quarantine myself during the lockdown. And it hit me, even though I knew what was happening, you know, you see what's happening around the world, you know, and you, you tune into all the stuff that's all the good stuff that's on online and whatnot. And you hear all the stories. But when he said, I didn't quarantine myself. Wow. It's like, of course you didn't quarantine yourself. Right. Of course you didn't. So for those that are listening, wherever this goes, our, all of our Filipino family, our, our, we have a lot of people in India. Gosh, we have people in Honduras. We've got people in all over Southeast Asia and around the world. Of course, in America and Canada and all over Europe. I want you to be encouraged. And I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. I, I'll end with this. I had coffee with someone, met with someone the other day, and she said... Uh, is right across the street from our office here, right across the street. She says, how are you, Ken? And I go, I am doing great. I am so excited. I have more hope than I ever have ever in my life. And she goes, what? And she goes, I want some of that. I want that to rub off on me. And I didn't ask her about this, but I thought if, if, if a person is watching the news or listening to the news, no wonder you're discouraged. Yeah. No wonder. So I limit, I limit my knowledge of the news. I limit my knowledge of listening to that stuff. All the doom and gloom. I spend more time with Jesus and listening to God's stuff. You know, I, I just, I don't have time to get depressed and think about the terrible pandemic on the earth today. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about 
the wonderful pandemic of heaven hmm. that is manifesting itself like I have never seen before. It's so good. Yeah. So God bless you to all of you out there. Just, just for me personally, all you guys listening, I just thank you so much for all that you're doing and for all of you who listen and encourage us. It's so great to hear from you. So thanks, Elizabeth, for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on today, Kenny. It was just a joy to get to chat and share and yeah, hopefully leave people inspired and ready to just continue to dive in and dive deeper and it's good stuff. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in today and we look forward to continuing to share with you in the future. Bye-bye now.